Hello and welcome back to the adventures of Lola Badiola. In the last episode, we reached the climax of Park J. Bong's journey to the border of North Korea and China. In this chapter, we are going to return to Madrid to catch up with the professional and personal life of Lola. The Adventures of Lola Badiola, Chapter 46 Snake in the Grass Lola arrived early for work. She couldn't let the lawsuit distract her from her job. She had been hired to catalyze the growth of the business at J-Block, and she needed to deliver as much for her own self-respect as for the company shareholders. One of the main obstacles to achieving her goals was the productivity of her subordinate, Cayetano Tolosa. Not only had he been ineffective in his role of opening doors to big accounts, but he had also revealed himself to be a snake in the grass. It was time to chop off his head. One by one, the computer programmers filed into the office, plugged in and started typing. The search for Pluto had gone cold, so they were once again writing code, resolving bugs and chewing gum. JJ and Diego were out of the office for the day. Lola had checked their diaries and it simply said, external meeting. At exactly 9am, Cayetano entered the office. He had a Starbucks Frappuccino in one hand and the latest copy of CyberStory magazine in the other. He walked past the programmers and stopped at the desk of the admin team. They were all Real Madrid supporters, and it had been a good result for the football team the previous night. They started chatting and laughing. Lola stood up from her desk. Cayetano? She threw her voice forcefully across the office. The salesman flashed her a 5,000 euro smile. He liked to talk about how much money he had spent on his teeth. Then continued discussing the game with his colleagues. Lola walked over to where he was standing. Where are we with the Dell account? Good morning, Lola. Where are we with the Dell account? I've just arrived. Give it a minute. I'll update you. It's a simple question, Cayetano. I'm working on it. You're working on what? Lola's intonation became noticeably more hostile. She was no longer asking about the specific account. She was questioning Cayetano's professionalism. Around the office, the tic-tac sound of typing ceased as the programmers sensed that a much-anticipated fight was about to start. It was clear to everyone that the commercial team had not been functioning effectively. Cayetano was constantly making little comments to undercut Lola's authority, and she had done nothing to stop it. Perhaps things were about to change. "'I'm setting up a meeting with the guy who pulls the trigger,' replied Cayetano, maintaining his 5,000 euro smile, but lowering his voice a semitone. "'You mean Jorge Costa, the head of procurement at Dell?' Yeah, he's really difficult to pin down. I'm calling in favours. Be patient. Cayetano's voice dropped another tone as he sought to demonstrate his authority over the situation. Lola was aware that everyone in the office was now focused on the drama unfolding before them, and she had no intention of disappointing the crowd. Her father had once told her that business meetings were like theatre. It's the people watching the action that are more important than the actors themselves. I just spoke to Jorge Costa, Lola stated calmly. I just booked a meeting with him. The office absorbed the implication of the statement. Cayetano was either incompetent or deceitful. 
The smile vanished from the salesman's face, and he realized that this was now a public confrontation. It wasn't something he had expected, nor prepared for. He had always perceived Lola as just another cute girl pretending to be a professional, someone who had flirted their way into a position of power. He was momentarily lost for words. And where are we with the Bosch account? Lola was now on the attack. She knew she had the upper hand. The element of surprise had given her a distinct advantage. Once again, her question was rhetorical rather than literal, designed to expose incompetence rather than reveal information. Cayetano didn't reply. He wasn't going to fall into another trap. His eyes narrowed, and his expression changed from defence to offence. "'What's wrong with you this morning, Lola? "'I checked the outgoing calls on your company smartphone. "'You haven't been speaking to Dell or Bosch or any of the other big accounts.' "'The computer programmers and admin staff all leaned forwards. "'This was the moment they had been waiting for, "'a climax to the repressed conflict within the commercial division.' "'Lola continued. "'There is, however, one mobile number you've been calling over and over again. For the first time since he joined J-Block, Cayetano's impeccable facade started to crack. And through these cracks, Lola shone a bright white light, and everyone in the room could see the truth that was hidden within. I know that mobile number because I used to work with the man who owns it, Luis Brunia. Senior manager at Texpania. There was a collective intake of breath as the audience sitting in the stalls simultaneously deduced that Cayetano was a mole. He was an informant working for J-Block's biggest competitor, secretly updating them on the startup's technological and business progress. It was not only a crime against the company, but it was also a personal betrayal of every single employee. He had made fools of them all, and the bitterness in the room was palpable. Van Dyck, the two-metre-tall Dutch programmer, stood up and folded his arms. One by one, the other programmers did the same. Some of them were shaking their heads. Others had expressions of indignation. His fellow Real Madrid supporters looked down at the floor in shame. Lola stepped forward to apply the coup de grace. You know where the door is? pretty boy. Cayetano was frozen to the spot, staring at her, perplexed, as if he had something important to say but he couldn't find the right words. He looked around the room at the others. He had no allies. In fact, a number of the programmers wanted to throw him out of the second floor window. Men of a weaker character would have crumbled under the weight of the collective disapproval. But Cayetano Tolosa de los Monteros had noble blood running through his veins. His ancestors had thrashed their way through the jungles of South America, fought English pirates on the stormy North Atlantic, and brought treasures back from the New World. He knew that even though this battle was lost and it was time to retreat, the war would continue. As the programmers started to move forward to eject him from the premises, he calmly took a sip of the Starbucks Frappuccino and said, with an ominous smile. You have no idea what is just about to hit you. Then he turned around and exited by the main door, and the curtain closed on the morning's drama. Okay, this chapter is full of interesting vocabulary, 
and expressions. So that's going to be the focus for the next 15 minutes or so. I am going to go through the material in chronological order to make sure that you understand everything that's included in this chapter. So let's start at the very beginning. Here we go. Lola arrived early for work. She couldn't let the lawsuit distract her from her job. A lawsuit. This is a conflict between two or more private parties that is brought to the courtroom for a legal decision. We say that one party sues the other party. Or in other words, they file a lawsuit. Be careful with the spelling and the pronunciation of those legal words. So, for example, if you feel that you have been unfairly dismissed from your work, then you can file a lawsuit against your company. You can sue your company. Or, indeed, you could do that against your individual boss, such that they have to appear in court and argue in front of a judge that they have not broken any regulations or any laws in dismissing you. And this happened once in a while when I was working in investment banking. My bosses would have to appear in court to justify why they had fired certain individuals. And in other situations, they reached an out-of-court settlement with the ex-employees because they didn't like the negative publicity of appearing in court. Have you ever sued anyone? Or have you ever been sued by anyone? The only time I was ever requested to go to court was for jury duty in a criminal case. But actually, I wasn't able to attend because that was the moment when we were moving from London to Madrid. So I wasn't actually in the country. Okay, let's go back to the story. Let's listen to the expression that Cayetano uses when he's questioned by Lola. Here we go. I'm setting up a meeting with the guy who pulls the trigger, replied Cayetano, maintaining his 5,000 euro smile, but lowering his voice a semitone. The guy who pulls the trigger. Well, the trigger is part of the gun that causes the bullet to be fired. So when you squeeze the trigger or you pull the trigger, it fires the gun. That is the literal meaning of the phrase. Now, it's often used metaphorically in business situations such as this. So here we are looking for the person who pulls the trigger person who makes things happen, the person who is responsible for the action. So what happens next in our story? Yeah, he's really difficult to pin down. I'm calling in favours. Be patient. Cayetano's voice dropped another tone as he sought to demonstrate his authority over the situation. Cayetano makes some excuses as to why he hasn't yet organised a meeting with Jorge Costa, the head of procurement the person who pulls the trigger on any computer software purchases. He says that Jorge Costa is difficult to pin down and that he's calling in favours. 
To pin down is an advanced phrasal verb. It means to stop somebody escaping from you so that you can get some information out of them or you can encourage them to make a decision on something. To call in favors is a common expression that means to ask somebody for help in return for all the help that you have offered them in the past. So what's really happening here in our story? Well, at this point, it is becoming obvious that Cayetano is making excuses. He's not doing his job properly. And Lola decides that it is the right time to expose him. Expose him for what he is. A snake in the grass. So what is her strategy here? How is she going to handle this conflict? Let's have a listen. Lola was aware that everyone in the office was now focused on the drama unfolding before them, and she had no intention of disappointing the crowd. Her father had once told her that business meetings were like theatre. It's the people watching the action that are more important than the actors themselves. She decides to do it publicly. She decides to not only show the rest of the office Cayetano's true character, but also to show them her true character. She decides it is time for some theatre. I used to teach business English to the CEO of a large pharmaceutical company. He was in charge of several hundred people across a number of different countries. And there was a great deal of tension between his office and one of the other regional offices who were both competing for some of the same territory, for some of the same clients, for some of the same revenue. And there were occasions when the internal fighting between these two divisions got ugly and aggressive. And he said to me, that his policy at management meetings was as follows. Never express your anger when you are angry. Only ever express your anger when you aren't angry. Do you follow me? In other words, if he felt emotional and passionate he stayed very quiet and avoided any conflicts because he knew that he might lose his control and say something that he would later regret. It was only when he was comfortable and centered that he actually expressed his anger, that he made his points to his rivals in front of the rest of the management team. It was pure theatre. This true story is the inspiration for the confrontation that we now have between Lola and Cayetano. Let's review what happened next. He had always perceived Lola as just another cute girl pretending to be a professional, someone who had flirted their way into a position of power. 
He was momentarily lost for words. So, Cayetano is clearly a chauvinist. A man who has an attitude of superiority over women. He believed that Lola had flirted her way to a position of responsibility. To flirt is to act as if you are sexually attracted to somebody, but in a playful and non-serious way. Cayetano is very surprised that Lola has confronted him, and he is lost for words. Which is another way of saying speechless. Lola has an advantage in this argument and continues to question Cayetano's competence. Listen again. Once again, her question was rhetorical rather than literal, designed to expose incompetence rather than reveal information. A rhetorical question is one to which you do not expect a response. Because beneath the question is an implicit message, a point that you are making. And that point should be clear to those who are listening. So, for example, you see a friend with a brand new Rolex watch. And you say to them, Wow, how much did that watch cost? You don't expect your friend to tell you. You are merely making a point that they now possess an extremely expensive watch. Your daughter arrives home late one night, maybe slightly drunk, and you say to her, what time do you call this? You don't expect your daughter to answer. You just expect her to realize that she is in deep trouble. And in our story, Lola asks the question, and where are we with the Bosch account? She doesn't expect Cayetano to give an answer because this is a rhetorical question. She simply wants to make it clear that she knows that he hasn't been doing his job properly. As the argument progresses, Cayetano starts to lose his composure, to lose his confidence. Let's examine the metaphors that we are using in this episode once again. Here we go. For the first time since he joined J-Block, Cayetano's impeccable facade started to crack. And through these cracks, Lola shone a bright white light. Impeccable facade. Impeccable is a great word. It means perfect, faultless, without any problems or bad parts. It has a Latin origin, impeccabilis, which means not capable of sin. A facade is literally the front of a building, especially an impressive or decorative one. But it's also used to describe a false appearance that makes someone or something seem more pleasant or better than they really are. And that is clearly the case with Cayetano. But at this point in our story, his impeccable facade is starting to crack and the lights are shining through. 
Now that's not the only metaphor being used at this point. We also return to the metaphor of the theatre with the following paragraph. There was a collective intake of breath as the audience sitting in the stalls simultaneously deduced that Cayetano was a mole. If you are sitting in the stalls of a theatre or cinema, you are in the area of the seats on the ground floor nearest to the stage or the screen. The point here is that the computer programmers are in the stalls. They are very close to the action. The other interesting word in this paragraph is the word mole. Literally, it's a small animal that's almost blind. It has dark fur. It's really quite cute. And it lives in passages that it digs underground. It is also a person who works for an organization or government and secretly gives information to its competitor or enemy. I think that pretty much sums up who Cayetano Tolosa is and what he is doing at that moment. So what happens next? Lola stepped forward to apply the coup de grace. You know where the door is, pretty boy? Once again, I'm using words of French origin often referred to as loan words. We are essentially borrowing words from the French language because we have a nothing in English that is exactly appropriate for what we want to express. So the first one in this chapter was the word facade, the decorative front of a building. And here we are using the expression coup de grace. This is an action that kills a person or an animal in order to end their suffering. Literally, it means a stroke of grace, a merciful death blow. It is what happens at the very end of a bullfight, for example. And it's an appropriate description of Lola's final words to Cayetano at the end of the argument. So how does Cayetano react? He knew that even though this battle was lost and it was time to retreat, the war would continue. The battle is lost, but the war continues. It's a common expression that you hear in conflicts, in business and in sports. And it's a reminder that even if you face failure, loss, disappointment, you can still succeed and win in the long run. And that is how Cayetano feels at the moment. In other words, we have not seen the last of him. What does he say as he walks out of the building? You have no idea what is just about to hit you. Then he turned around and exited by the main door, and the curtain closed on the morning's drama. So here we are ending with the same metaphor that we have used throughout this chapter, the metaphor of theater, with the curtain closing on the morning's drama. And the curtain is now closing on this particular episode. If you would like to learn business English in an interactive, dynamic, and enjoyable environment, 
with Marina and me, please join Club Grattan, our online business English platform. And we hoped that you will join us for the next episode of The Adventures of Lola Badiola. Until then, keep bringing English into your life. And remember, when you are in a business meeting, only ever express your anger when you're not actually angry. Angry.